The hope of eternal rewards. Uh, do you believe that how you fulfill God-given responsibilities on earth affects your responsibilities and joy in heaven? And we're going to look at that. And then the hope of heaven. Do you believe that the eternal joys of heaven will infinitely outweigh all temporary trials and suffering that you must obediently endure on earth? And then the hope of glory. Do you believe the greatest joy of eternity is perfectly knowing and becoming like Christ? So these are three hopes today. The hope of eternal life has these three pieces that we're looking at as the number one hope of the Christian. Uh, the only thing talked maybe more about in Scripture is God himself. Then our, and our eternal reward, our eternal home in heaven is talked about in God. Those two themes. We spend more time thinking about how to prepare for a career, don't we, than how to prepare for eternity. We spend more time thinking about how to prepare for retirement than we do for our eternal retirement. See why heaven is so important that we get our priorities right. If our hope is small, our living will be small, and eternity will be poor in some ways, in, in one sense, and we'll see that in a minute. So without this hope of reward, this hope of heaven, this hope of glory, we won't have perseverance to live well by faith. So let's go to the first reward, or the first hope that we're looking at this morning, the hope of rewards. Again, the question is, do you believe that how you fulfill God-given responsibilities on earth affects your responsibilities and joy in heaven? And we're looking at Matthew twenty-five twenty-one, which is the parable of the talents, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Matthew chapter 5, verse 19, 21. Jesus made a statement that tried to motivate us to be excited about the gain of heaven if we live well on earth. This is the Christ that's going to die for your sin, but he's going to tell you how you live is going to affect your treasure in heaven. Here's what he said. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also Storing up treasures in heaven versus treasures on earth. Jesus is trying to motivate you to to live on earth for eternal treasure. And that it makes a difference on what you do on earth in your eternity. We've lost sight of that in many ways. So that's why we start with this rewards. What does it mean to store up treasures on earth. Well, we're going to use the parable of the talents to understand that. But before we do, we all know what it means to store up treasures on earth. What does it mean to store up treasures in heaven? Right? Uh, to store up treasures on earth would to get, be get, get something bigger to put something in or uh, work harder to gain something in 40 years that you really want to have. You're storing up. You're getting those things. Before we look at how the faithful steward used his life, his talents, let's just express what does it mean to have talents? Uh, We know literally we're talking about money here. So right away we want to say we're talking about money. Um, So well done, good and faithful slave. You were entrusted with money. 
you were faithful with a few things, I'll make you ruler over much now, right? Enter into the joy of your master. But we could expand that to understand biblically that it's anything God entrusts us. God entrusts each of us with something called talents, doesn't he? Uh, Which are gifts, abilities, as Pastor Joel says, tools, right? We have potential to develop certain skills. You have a, an ability and acclamation to things uh, that I don't. I'm different than you. You're different than me. We are to use those in certain ways that God says at the end of our life, well done, not just with money, but with your talents. You had this much and you gained that much with it and used it that way. Now I'll give you more. Enter into the joy of your master. That's exciting thoughts. There's another thing, though, uh, is responsibilities. God gives us each responsibilities. Uh, How we fulfill those responsibilities affects our responsibilities in heaven. Isn't that exciting? I remember when Isaac was about 12 or 11, I don't remember exactly. He was doing the, the dishwasher, and he wasn't doing it really that heartily, right? And I said to him, honey, you know why I want you to do the dishwasher well? So I don't have to do it. <laughs> That's not what I said. I said, because I want God to take you as high as his talents will allow for his glory. And how you do the little thing affects how you do bigger things. How do you think people get the character to do something well? Think they just, someone gives them the job and then they start doing it well? Or do you think they start with the small things? That's what God does for us. And eternity is the final place for that to happen. That reward happens here. It happens on earth too. You know, see a man skilled in his labor, he will not serve before obscure men. But God is the big master who will reward us. There's another thing is relationships. We have been entrusted a measure of influence in relationships. And God will hold us accountable for what we have done with those fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, those kinds of things, co-workers. So all these things. Now let's look at the steward and see the three things that I want us to pick up on from this story to see how do we store in heaven. First, the steward was loyal. He was loyal. Uh, Well done, good and faithful slave. He was a loyal slave. He did two things well here. He did, in terms of loyal, he did what he did for his master's gain. Did he not? He did what he did for his master's gain. He knew there was going to come a day when his master was going to say, now show me how you helped me gain here. Show me. Is that not what we'll do in heaven when we cast our crowns before him? He worked through us. We gained with our talents, with our money, with our relationships, with our responsibilities, greater things on earth. And then God says, well done. You helped, you were loyal to me. You used it for me. We not only, only didn't just uh, for his master's gain, but for his master's glory. So remember, it increased his master's glory how he lived on earth. Because we adorn the gospel of Christ, the Bible says. And Revelations 4.10, the 24 elders falling down, laying their crowns before Christ. So some of, the, some of that uh, glory that God will receive from us in heaven, as we have used these four things well, will be the impact we've had on others' lives. This is why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2.19, Who is our hope and our joy and our crown of exultation? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ? 
So see, the way we use these things on the board affects how we affect other people. And some of those people will be so affected that they will be part of the crown of reward in heaven. Is that exciting? Your children, your neighbors, people around you. Jesus wants you to store up treasure in heaven. He wants you to think about those things. He brings... So, uh, whatever brings God the greatest gain and the greatest glory, our goal is to bring Him gain and Him glory. Now, how do we do that? We do that by living to affect other people's good. We use what we have on the board here for the good of others. That's why Jesus would say things like this. If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give it to the poor and you'll have treasures in what? Heaven. So, do you sell your talents for the good of other people or for yourself? In other words, do you use them? Do you use your responsibilities understanding that you're using them to love people well? Do you use your relationships in order to build other people up? Or is it for you to get? Do you seek to serve people or to be served? Jesus is wanting you to make yourself poor on earth in a sense so that others will become rich and then you'll have eternal rewards. These crowns, these great things God talks about. Love your enemies, do good to them. Matthew says, chapter, uh, Luke chapter 6, love your enemies, do good to them, land, and you'll be sons of the Most High, and your reward will be great. Right? Doing good. First, Corinthians, First Timothy six eighteen and 19, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves, a firm foundation for the coming age. 1 Timothy 6, 18 to 19. Does it make sense? The way we use our time or our money, our talents, our responsibilities, our relationships on earth for the good of others, for God's gain and glory, will affect our responsibilities in heaven, will affect our reward in heaven, the riches, storing up treasures, on earth, not on earth, but in heaven. The second thing we see about the steward is not only was he loyal, but he was fruitful. He was fruitful with what we have. See, we're not called to just impoverish ourselves. We're called to use what we have to gain more so we have more to give. Isn't that interesting to think about that? Isn't that what the steward did here? We don't just say, well, how much do I have in the bank? 5,000? All right, it's gone. We use that 5,000 to gain more, to give more. You say, where is that in the Bible? Ephesians chapter five seventeen. Let him who steals, steal no longer. But, but let him labor with his hands so that he might have to give to those in need. Christ wants you to have a good work ethic on earth and to gain with what you have in terms of money, talents, responsibilities, so that you can then give to other people. That's what it's all about. Being able to give to others. God himself is a giver. Jesus Christ was a giver. He gave to others. So the, the steward was fruitful in what he had. Luke sixteen eight, Jesus talks of a parable. He says, his master praised the unrighteous manager. He's talking about the guy that went out and said, I'm going to settle accounts. I'm going to get what I can so that when my master returns, he has a return for what he's given me. What did you owe? You owed 800? Give me 400 because he'll want at least that much. So he's, he's learning to take his responsibilities and gain from them. 
And as a result, here's what Jesus is saying. He says, for this man, though he was unrighteous, he acted shrewdly. The sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. And I say to you, so make friends of yourself by means of the wealth of unrighteous. So that when it fails, you will receive into, you'll be received into eternal dwellings. And it goes on to talk about the rewards that he'll give. So Paul didn't say, nor did Jesus say, become poor, take a vow of poverty. But rather this parable is saying, be fruitful with what you have. Like the steward, so that when God comes back, you've been fruitful. Not just, don't think about money. Think about your talents, your, your abilities. Colossians would say, whatever you do, do your work heartily for the Lord rather than for men. Knowing from the Lord, you will receive the reward of inheritance, right? That's the important thing. It's not that the money is the problem. It's that we set our hope on money instead of using money for eternal hope, for eternal riches. God doesn't just give us abilities and talents to say, okay, I'm going to save you. Now go ahead and live. And then when you get to heaven, everybody will be equal in this sense. No, Jesus is saying, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven there will be differences in rewards in heaven and i'll end this thought with this passage first corinthians says this first um, corinthians 3 verse 10 will you read we turn there just for a minute to understand that you are to be fruitful and you're to be loyal and the reward is there first corinthians three ten. paul is saying by the grace given me i laid a foundation And then he talks about verse 12, if anyone builds on this. And then verse 14, he says, If what he has built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss, yet will be saved, even though though as one escaping through the flames. So you see how we build, how we use our money to help other people, how we use our gifts to help other people, building upon Christ, how we build in our vocations. Do we do our work for the Lord so that when people see, they glorify God in heaven? All that affects eternity. What you build on earth will be tested by fire when Christ returns. And what, res- what it remains after that is what you will have for a reward, eternal What has been eternal in your life? What has had that focus of eternal riches? And that's what will remain. It does say here that you will escape, you will get to heaven, but you will do as one through the skin of their teeth or as one escaping flames. Let me read what 2 Peter says. 2 Peter tells us to add to our faith goodness, love, these sorts of things. You know why he says that? He says this. For in this way, your entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. So you can go in as a pauper in heaven or you can go in as a rich man in heaven. And God wants you to choose to store up riches in heaven by how you use these four things. Now let's talk about one more thing about the steward. What was the reward? Look at this reward. It's interesting. Uh, This is what we don't often think about because we don't want to overshadow the glory of being like Christ in heaven. We don't want to overshadow the glory of heaven itself. Everyone's going to be happy. 
But this idea of rewards helps us live better on earth. God, Jesus, said himself, I want you to store up treasures in heaven. There will be different treasures in heaven. But look what it's, what kind of treasure are we talking about? What kind of reward are we speaking of here in the passage? Ruler over what? Much. We don't, I don't really think about that much. I mean, I think about being like Jesus. That's ex- that is the bullseye. And I think about the streets of gold and the light of heaven and all that awesome. But I don't think about this ruling. I it sounds a little bit egocentric, doesn't it? Like, I'm going to be a ruler. I'm going to work to be a big ruler in heaven. You know that? Jesus, though, is saying something here that we must think about. We must give due attention to this instead of just throw it out. What is he saying? Other passages speak of different rewards in heaven, different rulers, that sort of thing. Let me read some of those. Here's what Jesus said to his disciples, Peter. Peter said in Matthew 19, 27, we have left everything to follow you. We are giving up money, talents, responsibilities, even relationships to be yours. What is there for us? <laughs> Thank you, Peter, for being so honest. Right? <laughs> Matthew nineteen twenty-eight. Jesus gives an interesting answer. He says, truly, I tell you, At the renewal of all things. That's an exciting thought, isn't it? When the Son of Man sits on his throne, his glorious throne, you who have followed me will sit on twelve thrones and judge the twelve tribes of Israel. He's speaking to the disciples. And, and, he gets an and in there. That's you and me, you ready? And everyone who has left houses, brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, wife, children, in other words, using these things for the gain and glory of God and for the good of others, will receive a hundred times as much. Wow, that's an exciting thought. Now, I am excited about being like Christ. That's my bullseye. That's the bullseye, right? When we see him, we'll be like him. And I am excited about no pain and new, new body. I mean, new everything, right? But this idea of rewards, we shouldn't just throw it out or we stop living better on earth we kind of sit down and say well I'm my goal on earth is just to get through it no my goal is to use earth as triumphing for heaven's riches that's what earth is about and that's what Jesus is trying to stir our heart store up for yourself treasures on earth listen to 2 Timothy 2 12 talking about ruling if we endure we will also reign with him what does that mean Scratch, scratch, right? What does that mean? But if we deny him, he will deny us. Oh, that's strong, isn't it? Perseverance of the saint needs to be thrown in there, the doctrine. Grace working in us. Revelation 7.15. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white. Therefore, they're before the throne of God and they serve him. They serve him night and day. Serving him. Stewardships work to be done. Romans 8:17. Here it is. This is the probably the the most important one that we can look at and I would like you to turn your bible here Romans 8:17 through 21. I was going to let you hear RC Sproul this morning but I've decided he's not worth listening to right now, okay? <laughs> you want to listen to RC Sproul, it's 25 minutes long. We can listen to it after church today. It is on heaven. It's exciting 25 minutes, but 
think we have enough on heaven. To, uh, no, we don't have enough on heaven, but I think we need to talk on rewards here. Romans eight seventeen. If we are children of God, in other words, heir, uh, through Christ, we are heirs. It's a, it's a king, prince idea. Princess. Heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that has been revealed in us. Here it is. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of who? The sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Ready? Here's a reward. That the creation itself will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We will be reigning. And this is what uh, Randy Alcorn says. It's really true that Scripture portrays heaven as a place where we will serve Him. It says His servants will serve Him. When we think of what service is, it means we will have responsibilities. We will have duties. We will have things to do with our time. It talks about reigning with Christ. There are responsibilities of leadership that are entailed in reigning. We don't know all the details of what we're going to do, but we certainly know we're going to be occupying our time in a productive way. And I just want to say, how we are fruitful and how we are loyal in these things will bring to us in eternity greater stewardships. That's why Jesus says, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with the small things, <laughs> the vapor on earth. Now I will make you ruler over much. Now I'm not talking about Mormonism where we become a god right now, okay, and that sort of thing. I'm talking about that we will be given responsibilities under God on the new heaven and the new earth by how we handle our talents today, by how we handle our responsibilities today. This should stir our hearts. I was talking with a a man when I was doing my uh, degree. I was supposed to interview four godly men. Some of you weren't there. I would have interviewed you. I'm sorry. I don't need to. You'd have been in that list, I promise. I was in Illinois, so I had to take the, not the cream of the crop, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't but the point is, so I interviewed a man who I had served with in worship ministry. And he was a man who was a very wealthy man. Uh, he, God had blessed him in stocks. And he had gone from ri- literally rags to riches in amazing ways. The Lord gave him talent. And he used that talent. And he got rich. I asked him some questions. I found out, he didn't tell me this, too modest, but I found out through the grapevine that he gave over 80 to 90% of his money away. That was pretty significant. I said, okay, I got to interview this guy, find out what's going on. And he, I said to him, what motivates you? I want to find out what motivates the heart of a godly man like you. What, do you. what makes you get up in the morning? He says, my wife and I think often about Matthew 25, 21. Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things like the millions of dollars I have. <laughs> he could have said that. Now, I'll make you real. Now, you don't have to have a million dollars to get rich in heaven, okay? But you will be rewarded based on faithfulness to what you have. Not what someone else has, but what you have. 
This is what we should be thinking about in part when we think about heaven. We should be thinking about becoming more like Christ, that we're going to be perfected in that image. We should be thinking about how awesome it is to be in streets of gold and amazing bodies and amazing abilities. But we all should be thinking about God entrusting to us greater things than even we have to do on earth. You have things to do on earth. You have certain vocations, certain responsibilities. On earth, on heaven, on the new earth, there will be some of those given out. We have to think about our eternity in that way. So, what you do with these four things on the, on the board here matters. Now, some of you might be saying, um, let's, let's not get into this reward thing. It kind of diminishes the glory of Christ. And Look, the experience of heaven is going to be so good. Let's not really focus on rewards. Now, why did Jesus focus on it so much? There's something there. Jesus knows what you're going to want in heaven better than you do now. <laughs> right? Oh, I know heaven's going to be great. Yeah, but eternal. This is, this is, I want to help you think about this. Rewards will matter, especially in light of a new earth. Now, we didn't cover that today, but you study the scripture. We're going to have a new earth. Now, it's going to be a floating body. I'm going to have a real body. I'm going to look into your eyes. I'm going to touch your hand. I'm going to sit down on a chair. I'm going to either be at the Biltmore for the rest of my life or the Hotel Six. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, I will be like Jesus and love Jesus at Motel Six, okay? I will be like so happy you come visit me at Motel Six. But I would rather be living in the riches. You say, Tim, that just sounds wrong. It does sound wrong unless you start studying Jesus' idea of rewards. I would rather be a ruler in heaven. Uh, some, I don't know what that actually means, but I would rather be over others, helping them, loving them, taking care of them, than to be merely a janitor. Nothing wrong with janitor. But if I handle my janitorial role on earth for the glory and gain of God, I could be a ruler in heaven. Boy, that's sounding close to the becoming God. It's not. It's well done, good and faithful steward. You are faithful with a few. I'll make you ruler over much. Jesus knows what you and I will be wanting in heaven. And he tells us, store up treasure in heaven by the way you do good on earth through your talents, through your money, for my gain and my glory. Your entrance into heaven will either be richly rewarded. That's why 2 Peter 1.4 says, Add to your faith these qualities so that your entrance into heaven will be abundantly supplied to you. Here comes the rich dude. (laughs) That sounds trite, doesn't it? But that's going to be your eternal existence. Yeah, you're going to be perfectly like Christ. Yes, you're going to enjoy all the joys of heaven. But what will you be doing in heaven? It matters on earth. And that's what changes that, that answer. Instead of the 1 Corinthians 3, 14, 15, burned up what he's done on earth, enter into heaven with all that you've done on earth, burned up. You're saved by grace, but you have nothing gained through grace. You've gained nothing with your talent. You've gained nothing with that stewardship. This should stir us, not to condemn us if we understand what we're saying here rightly.
All right, we're skipping R.C. Sproul and we're ending with this thought. We know the hope of heaven. If you want to study Revelation 21, it's a great read. And the eternal joys of heaven are amazing. And all of us will experience those joys. But the hope of glory. Do you believe the greatest joy of eternity is perfectly knowing and becoming like Christ? It's not the only joy and it's not the only joy we're to live for. But it is the biggest one. Beloved, we are now children of God, 1 John 3, 2. And it has not yet appeared as yet what we will be. But we know that when he appears, we will be like him. Because we'll see him just as he is. We will see him perfectly, know him perfectly, and therefore become perfectly like him. Isn't that how you grow on earth now? You know him better, you become more like him. The hope of glory, that phrase... 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. What is that glory? So we fix our eyes not on the the seen, but on the unseen. The glory of God. God's greatest gift he can give us is to share in his glory. Not just the glory of rewards, but the glory of his character. The glory of who he is. What are some qualities of God that you're looking forward to sharing in perfectly one day? Love, self-control, wisdom, (laughs) right? There are certain things we don't share with God because that's why we don't believe we become God. But we share things like God, who he is, what he's like. Listen to this passage. 2 Peter 1, 4, God has granted to us his promises, that's what this study is about, so that we might become partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature, all that God is, other than the fact that he is transcendent and trinity, those things we won't share in, but all that he is, other than the things he can't share with us, or we would be God, all those things he can share with us about his character, that is the glory that he will give us that day. That is the divine nature that he gives us our promises on earth so that we will gain that. Persevere through trials on earth, Romans. Our momentary trials are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed or are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Hebrews twelve eleven tells us that God disciplines us while we're on earth. He puts us in hardship. You know why? that we may share his holiness. What is the greatest good God could give you? Not money. Himself. His character, actually, specifically. You were created to be like Jesus. In fact, Romans 8.28 says, All things God works together for the good of those who love him to conform us to the image of who? Verse 29. Christ. This is the hope of glory. This is what we labor and strive. First Peter, First Timothy 4.11 would say, For this we labor and strive because we have fixed our hope on the living God. The hope of what? The hope of becoming perfectly united with Him and perfectly like Him. The hope of having heaven. The hope of having rewards. For this we labor and strive. And First John 3.2 speaks of that final day when He appears, we will be like Him. For we will see Him as He is. The hope of glory. What do we do with these glories? What do we do with these things?
Well, Colossians 3, 1-2 would tell us to set our minds on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your heart on things above, not on things on earth. And when He appears, you will appear with Him in glory. So, what are we saying here? Get more detailed on eternal rewards and heaven and glory. Get more detailed on it. Discuss it. Think about it more. Don't spend your time as much thinking about the when of Christ's return, but the what it will be like. And you will live better. Spend more time thinking about the rewards, the heaven that he talks of in Revelation 21, the amazing glory that we will have share with him in his character. Yesterday I was talking with someone and we were talking about the new iPhone iPhone 5. And if this person is right, this person said the new iPhone is going to have longer battery life. The detail of the glory of the iPhone coming. Well, that's pretty good. Let's go on. This person also told me that you will be able to open your phone with just a fingerprint. Wow. I started to think, now when am I going to get to buy that? I've had my phone for how long? probably justify and how many oh by then it, you know <laughs> this was the kicker though the new iPhone it has a processor as fast so to speak as a computer isn't that amazing your phone will work as fast as your computer what did that do the getting detailed on the glory of the iPhone made my excitement start planning and thinking how am I going to work in such a way that I may get that Do you understand? What I'm telling you is if we would do that much with the detail of rewards, let let Jesus walk us through the rewards of heaven like we did today and, and talk about it and talk about heaven and talk about becoming like Christ perfectly, we will have greater hope then to endure. We will live better on earth. I do think, by the way, because we have thrown away this concept of reward altogether, and I understand why and to a degree, that earth, how we handle things on earth doesn't seem as important. Because we just think of heaven as one big happy. And it is. Instead of also rewards. We can think about that. Second Peter 1, um, I think it's verse 20. I forgot to write it down. Somewhere in there, 13 or 14. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Christ. Fix your hope completely. So make these hopes your primary hopes in life. What do you look forward to most? I look forward to often most a pill that's going to cure my health. Well, I need to look even more forward to what? There is coming a fix. (laughs) And how I handle my poor health on earth is going to make my fix even greater experience in heaven. Right? I mean, if we understand Romans 8, 17... That our present sufferings is accomplishing for us a greater glory if responded to right. So we need to think about that. The third is Matthew five nineteen to twenty one. Store up treasures in heaven as your primary purpose on earth. Do that. Store up treasures in heaven. Every resource given, every gift, every talent, every vocation, every responsibility, every relationship. Be faithful with those things, and you'll be ruler over much one day. Let the hope of the reward and the heaven 
and the glory radically condition your choices. The idea of these things can really motivate us to live and go even to death for Christ. And then we can live for Christ better. If we're ready to die for Him. Everything is His. This hope will not choose for you, but it will condition your choice so that you can change and transform. The last one is finally 2 Corinthians 3.18. Let such hope keep you becoming more glorious. Here's what that verse says, and you've heard it. We behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We don't see it clearly, but we see in part. The more we see it, it says we're being transformed into that same image, that same glory, with ever-increasing glory until the final glory. And you know what? The more we grow like Christ on earth, the more we will make decisions that will store up for ourselves what? It kind of cycles around, doesn't it? In fact, if we're not storing up treasures on, in heaven very well, it could indicate that we really don't know Jesus. It could. It doesn't have to, but it could. Because the more we know Him, the more we'll be like Him, the more we will live for the glory and gain of God and what we have, and the more good we will do to others, and rewards will sort of come out of our life, right? We will bring, have crowns in heaven that we will give then to Jesus. So we've spent time feasting on the promise of heaven and rewards and glory. I hope as a result you're ready to live for that glory, for that hope. God makes a promise. If we desire what we've spoken of today by feasting on it, getting more hungry for it, then it can turn into hope, a hope that has eternal benefits. Now may the God of all hope, right, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Believing what? Believing in the promise of forgiveness. Believing in the promise of transformation. Believing in the promise of strength and provision. Believing in spiritual influence. The promise of spiritual influence. Believing in the promise of eternal rewards. Believing in the promise of heaven. Believing in the promise of glory. And now we can end our verse. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy in believing those things. So that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you're bound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I've given you, I'm having to give you a second sheet. Jack's going to hand out. After I pray, Jack, let's hand that out. But this has all the seven hopes on it. Last verse I'll give you as we close is Psalm 107.9. That God fills the hungry soul with good things. Are you hungry for heaven? Are you hungry for transformation? Then these hopes will change your choices in life, right? And they'll change your life and that'll change your eternity. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you.